Happy Bobby Bonilla Day to you and yours. This is Corey, and this is the Oh the Anth podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Uh, welcome to episode 378 of the Oh the Anth podcast, uh, coming to you from all over LA. But Corey is there in the brand new OTA LA studios from uh, Dogtown, which LA would prefer us to call Mission Junction, California, um, continuing the white gentrification of formerly colored neighborhoods all over Los Angeles. Thanks, Corey. <laughs> I'm right across the street from uh, the former Ellis Island of Los Angeles, as it's called. So uh, I like to. Don't tell the rest of the people who live there that, or else they may want to move out. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Wouldn't you want to? Wouldn't you want to live on an island right outside of outside of New York if you could? Hell no. Have you been to Ellis Island? It's the worst. <laughs> it's windy all the time. It's stormy. Nobody wants to live there. All right, fine. Uh, you can uh, listen to this podcast wherever you get fine podcasts. The easiest way: anchor.fm forward slash o the anthem. Uh, the easiest way because it'll take you directly to the link of the podcatcher you use to listen to whatever podcast you listen to. Especially this one. Especially this, this one. Fine, high quality yeah. podcast. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, so we have uh, a, a couple of things we uh, need to cover this week as soon as I pull up my list of stuff. But of course, we have to start out with the 4th of July because uh, apparently that's a thing that people celebrate and it happened this past weekend. Yeah, and uh, here in LA, I, I don't know how it was for you in Hollywood last night, but uh, out here, the fireworks were uh, pervasive. They were. Mm-hmm. They were long. Uh, I always think it's. Uh, I I almost feel like uh, we would get less fireworks if the mayor just said they're legal now. Don't you yeah. think? Like I, I, there's almost a part of me that feels like uh, the reason why there's so many fireworks is because they're illegal. <laughs> like, I, I agree. I think uh, you know it's the um, well one. Uh, I think they canceled a couple of the fireworks shows, so then people were like, "Well, screw it, let's put on our own show." Uh, yeah. But every year. They're big. Uh, New Year's, Fourth of July, Memorial Day, Labor Day. They're always big. So, uh, you know, yeah, I do. I think uh, there's a level of like, uh, well, uh, there was a coordinated show across the entire uh, Southland area to put up in fireworks. Fuck LAPD. Uh, So (laughs) I think that basically says everything that you need to say uh, about how people feel about the law and otherwise. But it's um, it's so funny. I saw that video uh, that you had you had uh, retweeted on Twitter or something like that. But uh, I I don't I don't know if that video footage came from an LAPD helicopter. But that would be yeah. hysterical if it's just like. Can you just imagine you're flying around in your helicopter and all of a sudden you just see fireworks go off? That's like fuck Rob, and you're just like why? <laughs> <laughs> see, but I'm the kind of person who would be like, all right, yeah, that's it. Listen, hate me or love me, at least you're talking about me. That's this, really what I care about. This now, is, uh, I I'm, don't fri- react- I'm entering friendly skies here. I don't react to that by going out and beating a bunch of people in uh, neighborhoods of color. But, uh, you know, that's the difference between me and the LAPD. We, we handle things slightly different. Yeah. Uh, but not the uh, only LAPD-related fireworks story, because uh, at the beginning of the weekend, like Thursday, I think, they um, <clears throat> made a small error. I guess you could say, uh, with a destruction of illegal fireworks. Uh, I, maybe they uh, misjudged the payload on some fireworks <laughs> that they were going to destroy. Yeah, so basically uh, there was a... I, I couldn't get if it was like a shipment or if they just pulled somebody over who had a shit ton of fireworks on their car or something like that. But like one thing or another, they found a huge stockpile of fireworks. And then they thought how are we going to properly dispose of all these fireworks so that they don't cause a big problem? And they decided to uh, 
I guess it blew up in the car or something like that. And no, uh, no, no. They put them in the bomb disposal. Oh, thing. that's the, right. The bomb yeah. disposal box. But the problem is, <clears throat> so uh, here, fireworks are not bombs. Uh, I can look at a stick of C4 and I know the apparent yield of a stick of C4. So like, when they are dis- disposing of, um, of bombs, what you see on TV or on the movies is accurate, but also not because like a human being goes in there and is like, all right, there's three sticks of dynamite. We're good. Or they say three sticks of C4. I'm going to carefully separate the sticks and have the robot go and drop it into the bomb disposal box because one stick of C4 isn't all the, the yield that that box can handle. But the math on fireworks can be different. Uh, and apparently they overloaded the box and the overpressure uh, created by the yield basically just ripped the explosives box uh, apart and uh, also ripped apart the truck that the boxes kept on and some of the vehicles nearby and blew up um, uh, windows for blocks. I uh, One of the sources on the story that I read said that the actual explosion from the box set off other explosives that were like waiting to be destroyed yeah because of course they didn't use the robot it's fireworks these are totally safe um and then so they had more of them just sitting by there like i will blow these up then we'll drop some more in we'll blow these up but the initial explosion set off other ones which then uh decimated several blocks of downtown los angeles which you might think is weird until you realize that in 1960s the philadelphia police department dropped an actual bomb on a neighborhood in west philadelphia so you know par for the course this one was at least uh, on the ground, I guess, at the very least. And it was accidental, yeah. I guess. You could say, I mean, sure, sure, accidental. Or the people at least looked around and like, you know what? This Nothing in this neighborhood looks like it's that valuable. Just uh, toss them on in there. Uh, fill it up to the brim. I'm sure that won't be a problem. I mean, you know what? It would have been really nice uh, if if everyone had just like taken a taken a break on the, the – the personal individuals took, took a break on the fireworks for the for the night. Uh, because there were a couple fires that got started from uh, people shooting off fireworks around LA, uh, but it would well, be that's why they, it would be so nice. The- it'd be so nice if there was none of that, and LAPD was the only person who caused any damage with fireworks. And then yeah. you could you could go to the council and you could be like, listen, not a single not a single incident happened from any of our fireworks, but the LAPD, <laughs> they're the only ones who caused any damage with fireworks this weekend. So. And they canceled the public displays because, you know, uh, they shoot them off from uninhabited areas to, so that they can be seen by inhabited areas. But unfortunately, uh, California is going through a huge drought. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, they were worried about the wildfire hazard of shooting them off from, like, the park and then catching the park on fire to have a fireworks show. And I only wish that uh, individuals had that much concern when they did, you know, gender reveals. Yeah, <laughs> but at least for that. Be- such a problem um, but i mean listen uh, uh ocean uh the la was not the only city who had to cancel their fireworks display unfortunately back at home ocean city maryland also had to do the same uh for similar reasons it was funny on thursday we saw a video of like the la bomb disposal box just being torn apart on the back of the truck and then on sunday woke up to images of a rider truck like being ripped apart in background was clearly ocean city and i was just like oh my god what happened clicking on the story because of course you think like rider truck timothy mcveigh like bombing right nope um the city of ocean city improperly stored the fireworks for their display and then they exploded prematurely and uh blew up the truck that was holding them 
uh, on the beach at the inlet. So nobody there, clearly. Uh, nothing to worry about. And he closed you... portions of the boardwalk and canceled the fireworks display out of an abundance of caution. Can so. you imagine being either either the LAPD officer or the uh, person in charge of the OC fireworks display, like calling your boss and just being like, hey, so you remember how we had that truck full of fireworks? <laughs> like, <laughs> you had one job, Jerry. <laughs> you had one Four job. Four times a year we call you out. You have one job. <laughs> Uh, I even I imagine more. Uh, so for senior week, <clears throat> I had a hotel for maybe three days. And then after that, I realized that uh, I had spent one night in the hotel room I was paying for because I just passed out wherever I happened to be and then woke up the next morning and went back to my hotel to shower. Didn't seem like a good use of time and resources. So uh, I ended up crashing with some folks uh, on multiple days. And that hotel was at 4th Street and uh, 4th Street in the boardwalk. And I can just imagine, you know, uh, laying there on somebody, some stranger's floor who I, I passed out the night before and being awoken at 7.30 a.m. on a Sunday to the sound of many pounds of explosives going off just a few hundred feet away. And um, I, I, I don't know what all those poor tourists uh, would have thought who were all staying down at the inlet. But uh, if your thought was, I'm never going to come back to Ocean City again, good. <laughs> so never come back. I there's don't even live there. It's just a deep-seated sentiment in my life. There's there's many of beaches you can go elsewhere. North Carolina is lovely PA this time of year. Pennsylvania, New Jersey people, go back to your old beaches. Sandy's way <laughs> over. Those beaches are fine. They need you. We do not need you. Isn't there an Ocean City, Jersey you could be bothering right now? <laughs> <laughs> the only Ocean City that's trashier than ours, Ocean City, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, and of course, um, all, yeah, I, all going- I think about too is in, the, in moments like this is uh, uh, all the novelty, uh, novelty t-shirts and uh, hermit crabs and uh, novelty bongs. Like you can't really use them, but they're just they just say Ocean City on them. Yeah, so and you it's could, a bong, and so you could you look get in like trouble you- <laughs> for it, but you can't smoke anything out of it. Yeah. You get in trouble for having it, and it doesn't work. So it's like a <laughs> double. <laughs> it's like getting arrested for a fake gun. It's yeah. like, well, it looks like a gun, so therefore you're going to jail. No, it's it's fake. It's got an orange tap on the end. Nah. I didn't <laughs> looks like you're gonna. Tab. Looks like you're gonna spend ten years in jail. <laughs> what are you, the Baltimore Police Department? <laughs> Don't carry fake guns, Christ. Uh, but the meme of the weekend uh, was. Um, the how I wonder the number of Americans waking up uh, with the last time for all ten fingers. Um, and uh, we were not without tragedy this weekend. Uh, some hun- one hundred thousand fireworks related injuries over the course of the weekend because uh, Marka. Um, but maybe the most tragic uh, was the loss of um, a player of our national pastime. And you might be saying to yourself. Uh, well, I didn't hear about any baseball players being injured. and you know, It's not baseball. Oh, oh, well, NFL? I didn't hear about any NFL players. And you're like, ah, no, not NFL. Uh, and you're like, NBA? Major League Soccer? And you think to yourself, how far do I have to go down on the uh, the list of sports until I reach this Mer- America's pastime? Uh, and then I would have to correct myself and say, Canada's pastime. And you would say, oh, the NHL. Um, and listen, then, listen you, you, make, you make fun of it, but uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are up 3 nothing on the Montreal Canadiens as we speak. I mean, by the time this podcast is out, 
uh, Tampa Bay might be lifting the cup again. So, you know, America is uh, the winner of the Stanley Cup for, I think, pretty much our entire lives. I can't remember. Montreal hasn't won. Ottawa hasn't won. Toronto certainly hasn't won. Vancouver. Vancouver lost and rioted. Did Calgary win? Edmonton, I guess, would be the only. Was Edmonton the last Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup? God damn. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah. I just want to say that uh, unlike the Tampa Bay Lightning, I don't have to wait till tomorrow to lift my glass. <laughs> or, I'm sorry. What is it? Cup. My cup. Yeah. Here we go. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Now, now it's bothering me. Because 100% sure it wasn't the... Uh, uh, <laughs> I like how I, I type in Stanley Cup winners in Google. And then it gives me a list of all the teams and the logos and stuff like that. And then Brian Rafalski is counted as the 2008 champion, just like all by himself. It's like, why? wow, that was a... <laughs> what a year. Brian oh, Rafalski. That was a lockout year, right? <laughs> no, no. It's just like... Uh, He's listed on here twice, uh, <laughs> I guess, because he was a member of the Detroit Red Wings. So, like, for some ah. reason, the the Google uh, is broken. So it's just showing his name uh, instead of the Red Wings. Yeah. So, uh, God damn. The Edmonton Oilers, or no, I'm sorry, the Montreal Canadiens in 93 were the last Canadian team to win. Hmm. Uh, prior to that, they had a good run in the 80s, or 90s and 80s. Uh, 90 was the Oilers, 89 was the Flames, 88 was the Oilers, 87 was the Oilers, 86 was the Canadians, 85 was the Oilers, 84 was so wait, the Oilers. What what we've learned from that is uh, in order for a Canadian team to win, they must have the greatest player in the history of the National Hockey League in order to win. Well, or be the, the Montreal Canadiens. Right. Or the Calgary that, that was Flames the, one year. That was the uh, that Those were the Oilers that had Wayne Gretzky before he left and went to L.A. By the way, I, I love uh, uh, <laughs> the uh, um, we, we talk about how much we hate the Yankees regularly on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Montreal Canadiens are uh, the Yankees of the uh, NHL. They've won 24 okay. Stanley Cups, right? It's more than anyone else uh, by a lot. But back um, when there was like seven teams. Well, uh, yeah, a lot of them were <laughs> were earlier when there was not as many teams. Uh, Much like thing, the Yankees. Same thing by with the, the Yankees. Way. Yeah, like when they're yeah. uh, and when uh, the lack of a salary cap was, or the the lack of any kind of uh, uh, financials involved in getting players was so much less of a concern. And, you know, you could the yes. Yankees could just buy Babe Ruth, and that was it. Um, but the Canadians haven't won since nineteen ninety three. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't it be grand if the Yankees had gone 27 years with <laughs> winning a World Series? Oh, man, I would be so happy. I would I would like, die happy. It's been a while, though, right? Like, they haven't won in, like, a decade. Yeah, 2008, I think, was the last yeah. time the Yankees won. Something like but that. But we're, we're on our way. Yeah. We're, we're well on our way. Anyway, back to the, back the, to the tragedy. The point is... Yeah. Um, that the tragedy is an NHL go- goalie whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce uh, for the Columbus uh, Blue Jackets. Yep. Um, unfortunately, lost his life in a firework-related um, tragedy 
that is so American. If you wrote it in a screenplay, they would edit it out because they'd say this is just unless it's a Final Destination movie, then they would let you keep it in. It is a Final Destination style death of being rich and putting on a fireworks display for your friends and sitting in a hot tub and having one of the fireworks tip over directly pointed at that hot tub. And then as you go to get out of the hot tub to get out of the way of the fireworks, a firework hits you and you trip and fall and hit your head. And that's how you die. Like that, is that not final destination? -y? Like you could, I, I could see like the fireworks sitting there and like the wind blows and like the little leg that holds it up goes over and it tips. And that's the moment where it's like, Oh, it's going to fire directly at him. It's like the, uh, the logs on the back of the truck. Yeah. The, I, I mean, this is, this is incredibly tragic. He, he was only uh 24 years old too. Uh, and, the one thing that uh, I hadn't heard the story until Rob brought it up to me before the show. And my initial reaction was, oh, this this idiot was lighting off his own fireworks and just like hit himself. And uh, almost the first reaction I think of most sports fans nowadays when they hear that sort of thing is, why would you put yourself in that position? Because yeah. it's like a natural reaction. And then you find out that he wasn't like involved. He was separated well, from it but then like he was involved in so much as i believe it was at his house and he had paid for the fireworks so like, oh yeah but i mean like it wasn't like a uh fucking jason pierre paul or yeah <laughs> who who was lighting off fireworks and blew off part of his hand like yes uh yes. this is <laughs> this is a different type of like i, I feel like uh, every once in a while a story will come out about some athlete doing something that was definitely not allowed in their contract and then they got hurt from doing like you know, like you were, you went like mountain biking or something like that. And it's like, yeah, absolutely not allowed in your contract and you voided your entire deal. And it becomes like the warning to every other athlete. Like, you know, like don't do that. Yeah. You can do other things. Just don't do that. <laughs> don't do anything that'll put you in the, you know, and then obviously like there's any number of ways you can hurt yourself without uh, doing something extreme. And those are covered, you know, like when Sammy Sosa threw out his back because he sneezed too hard. Like that was covered because that was a freak accident. <laughs> it's not. So like... by the way, on that story, I remember laughing so hard at that story, and now I'm at the age where Sammy Sosa was when he did that, and <laughs> I can 100% imagine myself throwing my back out from sneezing too hard, or from holding a sneeze in, like doing that little like half hunch sneeze. Yeah, I, I haven't. Do it. I haven't fully thrown out the back, but I definitely have sneezed so violently that like I feel like I had to like lie down. You ever get the, you get that like tingle in your back and you're just like, oh, no, I need to lay down for a couple hours. My Don't days, old kids. It fucking sucks. My day's just over. getting worse. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I another one. Uh, you remember Joel Zamaya of the uh, Tigers when he uh, ruined his career playing Guitar Hero? That was a. By the way, also at the age, I feel like I could, I would need a day off of work. I take a sick day for playing Guitar Hero for an <laughs> afternoon. Just like the next day, I'm not going to be in good shape. God, uh, getting old's the worst. Yeah, and uh, obviously, uh, uh, what what a tragedy with uh, Matisse. There is just a uh, God. You you. I mean, it, so even in that situation, you you say to yourself like. You know, I'm doing everything right by hiring a professional and not being involved. <laughs> like everyone else can enjoy the fireworks on my financial bequeathment. Yes. And then all of a sudden the fireworks launch at you and uh God, what a tragedy. Um 
Would not unlike so. not unlike the uh, four hundred shooting deaths that have happened here yeah. in the recent. I mean, like it's not just fireworks that are killing people or injuring people. So uh, I, I I generally put this under the catalog of fuck the Fourth of July, uh, and I did that because. I mean, I, uh, you say the cell, you know, what fireworks we have in Hollywood. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I much like Memorial day did not celebrate. Uh, I spent the day composing music, which was weird, but like I heard like a little like tune and then downloaded a ton of synths and 808s and made a beat, which was something Corey. I mean, yeah. I played it for you. It's something, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, Listen, way way better than I would have been able to jerry together in a in an afternoon for sure. Starting my second career as an EDM producer, you can <laughs> find me at EDC next year. Uh, hopefully, uh, if COVID doesn't take. A- oh, we'll get to that later. Um, but did I, you know, I saw like a video on Twitter of like a Walmart breaking out into like everyone standing at attention with their hands over their hearts when the national anthem played, and you know, like. Uh, a bunch of people celebrating the 4th of July and just being like, okay, so you had to uh, structure this for three months so that you got off from all three of your jobs today so that you could go out to a fireworks show uh, because the three jobs are required for you to keep your house and feed your family and, and like live um, in the country you are celebrating so much. And the only thing I can compare it to is like, when poor people defend billionaires on Twitter as well, where they're just like, listen, you don't know Elon. He, like, first of all, you're not on a first name basis with Elon. He doesn't know you exist. What the fuck are you doing defending him? What do you have in common with him? And especially when I see people of color defending the 4th of July, like, by the way, you were not who those guys were talking about. The Declaration of Independence is a lot of flowery language. But when it can't, when the boots hit the ground, when the rubber met the road, which they didn't have rubber then in that usage, but nonetheless, they did not picture you. They pictured me, not you, and not really me because I'm not a landowner. Uh, they didn't picture Corey either. Like, <laughs> you know, we don't have land, therefore we are not people, according to the founders. You have to have land. Now, that being said, Corey, I think if it were 1770, we probably both would have land. Uh, I would be living in a nice parsonage. Somewhere, um, you would uh, be um, interning for uh, an attorney because your dad was a lawyer. So that means you will be a lawyer. My dad was a preacher, so therefore I would be a preacher. Right. Uh, both of us would have land. Um, ironically, based on where we grew up, we'd probably both have slaves too. Not because we liked it, but because you know it's a cultural thing. I need to show <laughs> them's were my the wealth. times. Yeah. What's that? Them's were the times. It's it's a sign of wealth, right? It's a, yeah. uh, it's uh, I have enough wealth to own a person, and the more people you own, the more wealth. The more wealth you have. Yeah. With it. I mean, I I never thought of Fourth of July. I, I always liked the idea of America of the uh, idea of thriving for the more perfect union. Not that at any point in American history were we perfect or were we anywhere close to it, but the idea that. Uh, you know, when, when America meets a challenge, uh, we come together and, uh, get on top of it for the most, I mean, not every challenge, not a global pandemic where 
two million people are dead. We come together and we just do what's best for the for the group. Obviously, uh, obviously, the whole perfect union thing has been trying in the last couple of years. But mm -hmm, <laughs> I'm saying mm -hmm. uh, the to me, uh, the 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 aspirational nature of America has always been a bigger part to me than the current state of affair. You know, like I'm not a wake up and say, well, America's perfect. Let's not do anything different tomorrow. Like I'm always of the let's do something to make this better uh, version of America. Like we have much we have much to change and, and way more to do to to get to the more perfect version of America that will one day be. But as, as an example, like passing uh, no need for concealed carry permits uh, on the 1st of July and then following that with a weekend with 400 shooting deaths nationwide, just making that more perfect union finding out that uh, a condo that collapsed in miami uh had basically paid their way out of inspections they hired uh, ironically in one of those years uh, a company from baltimore to do an inspection which is we just pay you and you say the building's safe and then that gets the uh, regulators off our back um so yeah uh that's that's what you're selling yeah fourth of july at its best is celebrating this version of america the one that is right now today and celebrating it its birth and to me, I find nothing to celebrate there. And even if we are just celebrating its idealism, that's an idealism where some people who are very close to me are worth three fifths of what I am worth. And I mean, uh, I mean clearly that, that's, that's why, that's why I don't like to look back on America. I mean, like the idea that we are now the, the longest standing democracy is uh, eh, democracy is a uh, <laughs> constitutional republic. Uh, yeah, federal <laughs> republic, yes. Yeah, uh, put, in a, uh, put in the shine of democracy. Um, I mean, but are we a democracy? Because also over the last six months, we've passed laws that restricted voting based on gender and race and location see, but th uh, in this 28 is, states. This has always been part of it too, though. I mean, like the, the idea that you're going to be in a country with people you disagree with and at certain points in time, people who have opposing viewpoints are going to be in power in places that will allow for things to happen. And the only way to get to the, the other side to, to get to the, to the sun shiny on the other side is to uh, sort of live within the great experiment of other people doing things you don't agree with from time to time. You know, it, it would, it, it's at least in my mind, as much as I don't think that, you know, like Texas should just be, opening up its concealed carry system to literally anyone who wants a gun. Um, I think that, you know, part of part of where we are as a uh, country is that we have to let people uh, do things that we don't necessarily agree with from time to time to learn where we need to be in the future, you know? And listen, some of those people who are in power... I mean, nobody asked think me. ...think that you uh, are not saying, human, we were... that you belong in a cage... That uh, well, I mean, they want to they want to draw an abstract line somewhere in 1920s or 30s and say everyone who's come since then is an immigrant, but everyone who came before then not an immigrant, um, very much like gangs in New York style. And so your grandparents came in 1945. Uh, they are clearly bad people from a bad country, and you should be shipped back home. Um, I'm just going to allow that to throw. Or or uh, they are members of groups who think that because of your racial heritage your ethnic heritage you are a subhuman and uh you you are no better than garbage you can be killed and have it not matter well i mean clearly some people have had that opinion throughout the courses of the Equal history of america voices. which is why that's 
this country is all about equal voices. Everyone has equal standing. We can say and believe all the things that we uh, we want. So, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously everything within a government is theoretical. <laughs> like anything within a society is theoretical. You know, like do you does every single person within within this country have free speech and the First Amendment and yada yada yada? Yes, of course. But there are many opportunities where I can say somebody's First Amendment rights have been denied. Uh, somebody's right to expression has been denied. You know, like it's not it's not that it never happens. It's just that it's, again, the aspirational version of what we're what we're going for is that one day there will be <laughs> there will be no problems because we will fix them all. To paraphrase Will McAvoy. So when you say celebrate the 4th of July. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What's worth celebrating? And uh, everybody should watch the the opening to the newsroom, the very first episode of Newsroom, because that was pretty pretty good. Um, or um, uh, his speech from uh, an American president, also written by um, Aaron Sorkin, ironically enough. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting that you bring up uh, the newsroom because. It makes me think of uh, our next topic here when uh, when Will is interviewing a climate scientist and is saying, you know, like, how many years do we really have left until, you know, climate change is completely irreversible? And the guy the guy's like, none. We we've passed that a long time ago. It's just like so we're done. It's just like, yeah, (laughs) it's just like, is there anything we can do? It's like if we stop right now, what we're doing to zero go to zero go to zero at this moment like stop tomorrow then maybe there's a chance that we can still survive on this planet for a little while longer uh so yeah we have a bunch of stories about uh the ongoing climate crisis in america so a couple, couple things happened uh this week if uh, you in the aware. world to be fair not n- yeah none of these actually happened in america so Unless we're counting well, north I, I america mean, it's strange because uh you know it's whenever a- an alien uh race invades the world they always seem to invade america yeah. <laughs> which is by the way um we sat down to watch like apparently a hundred million people the tomorrow war and it's one of the things i liked about that that it started somewhere else and then basically like we were coming into it when it was in america but you know it started somewhere else god that that movie was just <laughs> sometimes i feel like sometimes i feel like uh uh rather than the the rating system where it's like you know uh pg-13 or r or something like that uh Mm. they should have a rating system that just says like this movie's just gonna try and explain things to you for like 45 minutes at the beginning because like i would actually kind of i I think i might have enjoyed tomorrow world war just as much if i had just like not watched the first half of the movie and just like walked in <laughs> like I could have just skipped all the exposition and just had like just looked at you and been like, what happened? And then you could have given it to me in a sentence and I'd be like, oh, OK, cool. And then I could have watched the end of the movie without being explained well, to death. I, I completely understand. Uh, they were very difficult concepts. So what you needed was a very smart person to hear the concepts and then explain them to you as per usual. Uh, we followed up our viewing of The Tomorrow War with um What movie do we watch right after it? Uh, oh, Dodgeball. Dodgeball. Yeah. <laughs> it's thoroughly enjoyed from beginning to end. Not, not a miss in between. So if you're looking for a movie review, I'm just saying, keep that in mind. 
comments about the first 45 minutes of uh, the Tomorrow War thoroughly enjoyed dodgeball at beginning to end. What more do you need to know? Dip, dodge, dick. <laughs> okay, so uh, some events from this week. Uh, a couple of things happened. One, um, Lord Cthulhu uh, is arising from the Gulf of Mexico. Could be Godzilla. Uh, and or, what's that? Could be Godzilla. And or Godzilla, yes. Yeah. Uh, so if you've... So the, my first uh, interaction with this video was someone reposting it without comment. And... I thought for sure I was watching a trailer or like a, a like non-trailer trailer for a movie coming up. Like yeah. something was going to happen, but there are these three fireboats fire putting water on this bubbling, glowing bit of sea. And I'm like, okay, so Godzilla is going to rise out of it. Right. Or, um, you know, uh, Cthulhu is going to come out of it or the alien ship's going to rise out of it. And no, it turns out that uh, BP had a leak at one of their oil drill sites, which then caught fire and then caught a significant area of the Gulf of Mexico on fire. So the water was on fire. Not and BP. I don't know how you put out water that's on fire. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you think. What every, you think everything to solve that problem would be right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a fire burns so hot it can burn underwater. So that happened, uh, and then also uh, the Pacific Northwest has been going through a um, a very uh, high heat wave, and um, was it, it's also wait, been drought conditions. Was it really BP though? I believe it was BP. Hold on, I don't. Know. I I saw that commented one. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Well, that makes sense," and moved on because it honestly, if it's Amico, if it's BP, if it's it, well, it's not Sitco, if it's any of them, it all makes sense. It does not matter. I'm just looking forward to South Park's uh, follow-up episode to the BP deeping the Earth uh, episode. So we're sorry. Pemex, it says. What is it? Pemex. Oh, State so oil uh, country. It, it was in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, in the Yucatan That's a national Peninsula. oil company for yeah. Mexico. Petroleum, Mexico. Yep. So, um, Pacific Northwest drought conditions, and it's also been very hot, and uh, apparently a sudden. Sudden shift in the jet stream caused some cool air to move in, which was great for the people, but caused some thunderstorms. The lightning then started some wildfires in Canada. And then uh, jet stream shifted again, so the return of the hot dry weather and all of the dust and the ash from the fires actually caused the formation of more thunderstorms. And just when they got the fires under control, not, not or contained, not under control, contained, those thunderstorms spawned by the ash and, and the, the smoke from the fire started uh, bringing more lightning, which caused more wildfires. So at one point, like basically there was wildfires across half of Western Canada. Um, well, and, I mean, um, I, I would like to I would like to ask a serious question here because uh, uh, this was brought up during the California wildfires a couple years ago. And I, I think that now it should just be the go to question. How how long ago did they uh, sweep the bottom of the the forest floor to make sure there was no kindling just laying about? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, um, and do we generally speaking, it's do we wet, have a so. do we have a uh, God damn it! I was just gonna call him Pierre. What, what's a what's a Trudeau son? Yeah, uh, is it still Justin Trudeau? Justin Trudeau, yes. Yeah. Uh, do we get Trudeau uh, uh, sewn into a <laughs> to a fire suit of some kind, like uh, Gavin Newsom was too? 
so he can <laughs> so well, he can show up to the fireside. The Pacific Northwest generally cool and wet, so the kindling not as important because everything on the ground is wet. Hot and dry is a problem because then yes, you get you get the kindling. It turns into kindling and turns into a wildfire. Um, but so Gulf of Mexico is burning, and I, I don't mean like the land around it. I mean the water of the Gulf of Mexico on fire. Canada, basically half of Western Canada on fire, uh, and then out of the Caspian Sea. Uh, a drilling platform there struck a what they call a mud volcano, which is a rise in the seafloor of the Caspian Sea caused by gas that has likely been released because of drilling. And they struck one of those and it caused an explosion that was visible for 400 kilometers around, which, uh, let's see, two and a half to the mile. So for like uh, 170 miles around, yeah, they could that's, see and hear this explosion. That's uh, That's quite a distance. Was that, was that good on the quick mass? It's like two yeah. and a half, right? No, it's uh, 0.66 kilometers to the mile. So I, base two. I, I, I only concern myself with the American measurements. I don't even... So for about 200 miles around, they could see this explosion. And just so you know, America, uh, our zone of influence in, offshore is about 200 miles. So if that had happened out off of the coast of Ocean City... How many, mi- be, how many miles was it? 400? 400 or, kilometers. kilometers? Yeah. Yeah, so it would have been 248 miles. There we go. So, yeah. Um, 0.62. That is, what is it? Sorry. 0.62 miles to kilometer. There we go. So, uh, that is far enough that in the open ocean, it's around the curve of the earth. So, it would have been like an explosion that would have been visible over the horizon. In the Caspian Sea, also, I mean, also over the curve of the earth, but less apparently so because there's land on both sides. It's, you know, the high, the sea, it's above sea level. So, anyway. Um, an explosion that rocked uh, seaside towns and uh, was visible for a long ways. And uh, I just have a question about why the oil companies are trying to destroy the planet. Because two of those three stories come from courtesy of oil companies being irresponsible. And at one, what point are we just going to say we need to stop? Companies are trying that we need to. St- well, I got some weird feedback there. Yeah, sorry uh, about that, that we need to stop worrying about oil because it's going to be a problem. Uh, not just for us, but for the planet itself. And of course, uh, another story this week, a town in Russia that is above the Arctic Circle had, I under, I must have heard the early week estimate of temperature because as we found in our prep for today, had a 100 degree day above the Arctic Circle. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, in case you're saying to yourself, like, well, you know, it's summer. Perhaps uh, it just gets a little hotter in the Arctic Circle. Uh, that's uh, about 40 degrees warmer than normal. So, well, so uh, It's about uh, 60 degrees warmer than normal, but it beat the high by, like, 40 degrees. Like they, they, get, they can get into the 50s and 60s on a rare day. 40s, pretty normal. And it was a 100-degree day. I And... It, yeah, I, you go back to the newsroom and just say like, yeah, it's it's too late. There there it, was probably there was probably a point in time where it was just as hot in that town in Russia in the Arctic Circle as it was in Vegas, which is known for being hot, you know, like Yeah. You're yeah. you're kind of you're kind of avoiding the ability to uh to say that it shouldn't be that hot when one a really notoriously hot place is uh just as hot as the Arctic Circle. And, to be fair, it's not the last time that that town in Russia has had that temperature. Because 
back in the late Triassic period when that town was actually closer to the equator or the place where that town would be, then yes, it was probably on average between 80 and 110 degrees. And then tectonic plates moved and it moved up to the, you know, surface uh, or up to the pole. And then it was like, oh, it's going to be cold here a lot. Great. So a couple of issues. One, climate change is real. Uh, and the fact that this is happening now, along with five named storms in the Atlantic already, uh, two of which are threatening land already, um, and gas explosions and wildfires and, and just monsoon seasons that are going to be crazy. Uh, because this is happening now, that is your message that it is too late. Yeah. If, if it had stopped 20 years ago, then this would not be happening now or would be happening in less, uh, a less drastic way. So even stopping now doesn't really help because these things are um, it's like sliding downhill. Like you, uh, if you're on a skateboard, Corey, and you're going down a steep hill, halfway down, you could be like, you know what? I should probably stop this. And that does not mean you're going to stop. No. Uh, but run it out, run it out to the bottom and hope there's no pebbles. But there, there, at the very least, uh, if you're halfway down, there's a, a means to bail. I mean, it's not yeah. going to be pretty. You're still, you're still going to hurt yourself probably. But uh, yep. at least there's a way to bail, as opposed to the wait until the shakes get so violent that you can't do anything about it, and you definitely bail. Like you know, like it gets worse as you go down the hill. I guess is the point. And, well, uh, and, and to be fair, uh, plans are already being made. Bezos, uh, Richard Branson, they're going to space. They're bailing, and then there will come a time when they need workers to work their mines or to clean their houses on mars and then that's when it'll be like the shaky bail then it's like we don't want the pores but i'm not going to clean my own toilets and the robot does a really shitty job of it so let's bring some of the pores with us and um then we'll have them here just to do cleaning and then uh that'll be the shaky bail and then everybody else is the guy at the bottom of the hill who waited entirely too long didn't survive the shakes and then went face planted down and did that scorpion on the, yeah. the pavement and slid to a stop on his face. Yeah. That'll be the rest of us. Uh, and not us. Cause I'll be long dead by that point. Um, it'll be Corey's <laughs> children or grandchildren who have to deal with that. So I'm, I'm a ride on the, I'm a ride on the side of the, the rocket ship Bezos rocket ship. Like it's a train in India. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> And now Corey's uh, uninterest in NASA has drastic consequences <laughs> when he finds out more about space. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I get, so, uh, get, up, get up into space and my eyeballs are popping out my skull and I'm just like, I might have made a mistake. <laughs> I should have paid attention. Uh, much like uh, me suggesting a train trip for the crew and Corey being like, it's going to take us months to get to New York. <laughs> like, okay. I was just, I was just joking because you said it would take months to plan. I was like, it would take months to do it. <laughs> well, yes, uh, it will take months to plan and months to do, and then we'll never end up doing it. Uh, so, man, what are you going to do? But uh, climate change is real. Uh, we're all fucked. So uh, let's ride this bitch till the wheels fall off. And what that but, means is I'm just going to go. I'm going to make a daily celebration. It's going to be my mantra. You know, most people get up and they do a little yoga, and they have like a little mantra they say. I am going to wake up every morning, go to CVS, get two cans of hairspray, and then just sit and just spray them directly up into the air so that we can just bring this whole thing to an end a little faster. I mean, you're only one man. I don't know how much you could possibly change things, but we'll 
Well, by that, get... I've been told if I switch to plastic straws, <laughs> I can change the world. So, I metal straws, you mean? What's that? Metal straws. Yeah, if I switch away from plastic straws. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. To a reusable of um, some kind. Yeah, I'll save the world doing that. So, I mean, if I can save the world, I can also destroy it, which <laughs> almost makes me an evil genius, if you think about it. I'm going to get a new plastic straw. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So, um, some other stuff in the news, other uh, stories that don't uh, predictable, but don't really understand, like climate change, if you're Corey. Um, <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene frequent uh, topic on this podcast um, had possibly the greatest cell phone in history on Twitter this weekend because she uh, like uh, many people I know um, probably Corey because you know he's friends with me on Facebook (laughs) got a message that said uh, you may have been exposed to extremist material now I did not get that message. And the only conclusion based on my Twitter research is if you are the source of the extremist material, they didn't send it to you. No. I I didn't I didn't get a notification either. So perhaps uh Well I uh I think I think perhaps I, I shared a podcast that you were on and therefore <laughs> I think that it um it's tending to skew to the right. The extremists mm. that they're talking about are the ones who try to take over the Capitol on January 6th and less the ones who are saying hippity hoppity time for choppity choppity. Yeah. Uh, with an image of a frog and a guillotine, um, which I've shared widely. So <laughs> cause it's cute and also true. Uh, so Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, posted the picture of her warning from Facebook about being exposed to extremist material. And then possibly the best self-owned slash most tone-deaf response said, I wonder if Facebook can save me from all the Democratic messaging I've heard around me. Not realizing this was Facebook actually telling her, you've been exposed to extremist material. So maybe some of those groups that you follow are extremists who want to overthrow the government. Uh, And conspiracy theorists who have no basis in fact uh, and truth. But she missed that point and instead uh, tried to own the Dems and then basically had an inbox full of responses like, have you ever seen something so tone deaf? <laughs> so, well, let me uh, ask. Then, uh, we, we, you know, we do this every every time we talk about uh, MTG here. Uh, is it doing it for you? I mean, like, you know, she's uh, she's been trying to woo you here with her with her craziness. And I'm just I'm just trying to trying to. Are, are we getting closer? Is this a... Uh... Listen, I'm so messed up. The red flags don't even look red anymore. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, her posting that is... Uh, me finding her posting that is... And telling you about it is my version of... She's chained herself to the radio. <laughs> <laughs> <Gotta go. laughs> uh, like, I just see that and I'm just like, God damn, this bitch is crazy. I just wonder if Rob is sitting home in his, in his PJs and his slippers looking at the internet and all of a sudden that shows up, that story shows up and he's just like, Oh, I'll show you extremist contest, baby. (laughs) Come on, baby. I mean, it occurs to me. The problem though, is that, uh, so I can't date normies because, um, they think it's weird that I'm so politically extreme. What's that? Too normal for you. For me, it's fine. I like normies. Because I need to be able to like turn it off and not be like screaming about how we need a revolution. I need somebody to be like Taco Bell. 
Del Taco. I just need you to decide. I asked you one question. You went off on a 90-minute rant about uh, immigration. I just need to know which one you want to eat at. So I need the normie, right? But then the normie, like, four months later, when she thinks it's cool that, like, I can uh, – do you remember that picture from the party that we went to on the west side where – uh, a conversation starts and then like 25 minutes in, I have people sitting on the floor all around me as I like proselytize about politics. Like it yeah. turns into that. And they see that the normies see that. And they're like, this guy, Oh, I mean, listen, he's got the body of my father, his bones crack when he stands up from that chair after sitting for five minutes, but he can hold a fucking audience. How about that? <laughs> and then like three months later, they're just like, I've been asking about Del Taco versus Taco Bell. Just fucking And it's just too much and they have to leave. Uh, so then I try to date people who are like extremes on the left. And then like sometimes I just need to fucking turn it off. And I just need to like not be thinking about it. And when you do that, you need to find somebody who syncs with you. Because then other times like they don't want to talk about it. And they're like, can we just please watch the movie. We don't need to have a political analyzation of this movie. Or, and sometimes you're doing that too, right? So unless you're in sync, it doesn't work. So I'm thinking dating an extremely on the right might be the way to go because you're going to fight the whole time. But I'm already fighting the whole time. So that's not different. At least I know going in, I'm going to be fighting the whole time. And I bet you the sex is fucking amazing. I say that, but I also bet fucking Marjorie Taylor Greene is the most boring goddamn sex I would have ever had in my life. I, I can see it. I imagine <laughs> on more than one occasion on our first time hooking up, the words, you want me to do what? Are going to come out of her mouth, and then I'm just going to have lost all interest in it whatsoever. It's either it's either so boring that, it, that you hate it, or it's so scary that... That you don't want to do it again. I think there's only there's it's either one end of the spectrum. It's not, and I know I know uh, I know I say so scary you don't want to do it again. You say to yourself, there's no there's no line that could be the crossed. The limit does not exist. The limit then, does not exist. And then I say to myself, that's why it's scary. <laughs> it's beyond the limit. Uh, there there are things that Corey would describe as nightmares, and I'd be like, stop stop! I can only get so erect. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm sure it would be terrible. Uh, just imagine that, like, I'm trying to think of what could possibly be that most extreme thing. <laughs> and it's terrifying. Are we going to play Never Have I Ever? I got a full drink. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But um, not to be outdone, former president Donald J. Trump um, decided that he was going to give a speech on July 3rd. Um, and To deflect he, uh, from uh, his organization being... Uh, Charged in New York court and his CFO <laughs> and having his July 4th celebration canceled because the, the small town in Alabama that was going to the small town in rural Alabama that was going to host it said it wasn't a July 4th celebration. It was a political event that was too um, um, partisan. The small town in rural Alabama said that Donald J. Trump's event was too partisan which gives you an idea of where we are as a society i think um just a lot uh but the day before he said at an event and i want to read this quote verbatim okay if you say it enough and keep saying it they'll start to believe you now that quote should be familiar to people 
and it should just it should twinge something in the back of your head probably from like 10th or 11th grade at first and probably several times after that but Corey, does that quote is that familiar to you i mean it it, it sounds very familiar to me uh the one that i i, I know it's not but I, the one that hit me right away was the mark twain quote with the uh uh the the a lie can get halfway around the world while the truth is still putting its boots on but that's not mm-hmm. not the one we're looking for here i know i know this quote though and i can't remember for whom it is uh for whom so, <laughs> for uh, whom it belongs to now i i just said trump's quote i want you to tell me whether or not i am repeating the same thing i just said or if this is something else okay if you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. Yeah, uh, it's it's I mean, like, it's not exactly the same, but it is essentially exactly the same. It's the same basic principle there. Uh, yes. And I mean, that, that second quote that that's describing the big lie, though, not the not the, the not the current big lie, the before big lie. <laughs> when they were the talking previous about, big lie. Yeah. Uh, that second quote, uh, the one who. Trump seems to be paraphrasing is uh, Joseph Goebbels, who was the minister of propaganda for the Nazi regime in Germany from 1933 uh, until 1945. So Corey and I on our pre-show call were discussing that and saying, like, there's no way I said maybe he saw it in a quote book and didn't realize who the person was. And then Corey said. No, I was going to give you a chance to say what you said. I don't remember exactly. Okay. Corey said, you're giving him a lot of the credit for telling, for saying that he read a book. And I was like, oh, you're probably <laughs> right about that. Uh, there's, there's no way that Trump read a book. So then I, I, the only conclusion I can come to is that Stephen Miller was walking around the, the West Wing saying that. And Trump picked it up, you know, and just started repeating it, not knowing. That's, that's pretty good. I'm going to stick. I'm going to remember that one. Yeah, that, that's a good line. I'm going to stick with that. And like Miller's walking around. Practicing this was saying like, well, we're not going to say this to anybody, but, and then using the Goebbels quote and then Trump ignores him for the last part. But like, as a, you know, um, he's like the, the beeper guy on network TV where like he only starts paying attention when he's got to start paying attention. And he hears the quote and he's like, whoa, what was it? I'm going to, I'm going to keep that in my memory. I'm going <laughs> to use that again. Um, so yeah, he was quoting, uh, essentially paraphrasing, uh, Joseph Goebbels. Uh, I might even and- put it in my upcoming book. I haven't come up with the title quite yet, but I think uh, my struggle would be the what the, is the thing I'm kicking around the most right now. It, that is a really. Descri- <laughs> I mean, listen, I I was a leader, and then they took it away from me, and unjustly so. And now I need to organize everybody to rise back to power. And then and- everyone started picking on America. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I don't see my struggle really fits. I, uh, <laughs> the, the translate what would that translation be in uh, in like Spanish? It would be uh, uh, like my difficulties. So like um, me uh, difficile, difficulties. Um, well, I mean, the problem is that like uh, uh, in certain languages, uh, it wouldn't translate perfectly. Right. Like, you know, like uh, sometimes you see a movie poster of somewhere, you know, like the hangover doesn't really like translate well into like Japanese. So they just change the title. Yeah. They just change it to like one crazy weekend or something like that. Uh, So, I mean, like I imagine in some places uh, it wouldn't be my struggle. Like uh, perhaps in Germany, it could be like struggle slash fight. 
I don't know. Like it's some well, I'm gonna it's say, some word um, like somewhere in the middle there. I don't, <laughs> like, I, don't I, know. I believe that that book already has been a bestseller in Germany. I'm not sure <laughs> they want to uh put something up to challenge it. So <laughs> I don't know if it's still allowed to be sold in Germany at this point. Uh <laughs> it's, it's <not. laughs> but uh it outsold the Bible for a real short period of time there. Um you know, back in the early 20th century. So. Well, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> well, uh, so we do have uh, just a couple minutes and um, and uh, a couple other things. So like, let's just uh, roll through these two things kind of quickly. The other big story of the week was about the Olympics uh, and uh, the U.S. Olympic runner who tested positive for marijuana after Shikari Richardson and was subsequently banned. Sorry, what was her name? Shikari Richardson. Shikari Richardson. Uh, and, and I'm pretty sure I got that right. I haven't actually heard anyone else say it out loud. So if I'm mispronouncing yes. it, apologies. I've just I've only, I've only read seen the it name. in writing. That's why yeah, I, I know that. that's the problem. I haven't watched SportsCenter this weekend. So, um, but uh, so she uh, she was she won the race and I believe set the U.S. record for her time yeah. in that race, uh, which was why she like pointed at the screen as she went across the finish line. Which, by the way, baller. Baller to like pull up just enough to point at the screen as you cross the uh, finish line and still beat the record. Like, yeah. Um, but she was uh, unfortunately using some performance enhancing uh, substances prior to the race. Um, in other breaking news, Corey has been using those performance enhancing uh, substances as well. And that is why he will be competing on Beastmaster this <laughs> fall and going for the gold. As long as I don't test positive. Let's. Uh... <laughs> Never mind, you didn't kick off that. that game. Not make it, sorry. But uh, no, so uh, she tested positive for marijuana. <laughs> they, they, and they go to they go to give me the drug test, and I'm just like, it doesn't it doesn't count the stuff that just happened, right? Like it's it takes a little while for it to ingest, right? Uh, don't tell anybody. Um, I went behind the production van before this thing started. So the uh, the controversy is um, amongst other things. One, marijuana is not performance enhancing. Uh, it doesn't help you at all. Uh, and also, unlike other drugs, it stays in your system for much longer than other uh, drugs stay in your system. So, also, for instance, also, just as a ahead. point, she wasn't high when she ran the race either. Yes. She w- she, uh, so, the story I heard was her mother had just died. Yep. And uh, she had uh, was trying to get her mind off of it. And, uh, ingested some marijuana which was legal where she was and i mean legal legal in the sense that like uh you know it's not legal federally so like any place in the country where you can legally buy on the state level is kind of that quasi legal territory (laughs) where like yes technically it's legal but it's also very illegal at the same time like the trials were held in oregon she lives in oregon or lived there while she was training and she trains in oregon um, in Oregon, it is legal to possess and legal to use marijuana. So she had broken no law other than the, the federal law, which like, again, uh, it's also legal in 40 other States in one way or another. So <laughs> sure. It's illegal federally. Let's just say. Yeah. Um, but so it wasn't the federal team. It was the Olympic committee that then basically said, we're not going to let her run. You, U.S. track and field, need to hand down some sort of pun- punish- uh, punishment for this. So they gave her a 30-day um, ban, and that actually will let her compete in Tokyo because uh, Tokyo games are probably going to get delayed because of, you know, COVID. COVID. So, yeah. <laughs> 
so she'll likely be able to still compete if they put her on the team. But the question is, like, is she going to be allowed to run on the team? It's a whole thing. And this happened the same week that another Olympic body, the swimming body, didn't approve a black-owned company who makes swimwear for Olympic athletes because they said that the cap, the swimming cap that they make might give an unfair advantage to the athletes. And I did a, a bare amount of research on this and found out that it is a cap specifically made for uh, men and women with more natural hair because regular swimming caps can be uncomfortable um, because it doesn't have room. It's made for white people's hair. It's made for hair that slicks down very easily and therefore can fit very tightly. This one just allowed for a little more room uh, for natural hairstyles. And the Olympic committee said it may give the athletes an unfair advantage. Uh, and the reaction I saw on Twitter, I thought was the best, which said, yes, it may give those athletes an unfair advantage, i.e. use the regular swim cap and maybe that'll slow you down enough for the white swimmers to keep up with you. So wasn't wasn't there. A, a, I feel like I, I feel like I, I read a story the last time the Olympics happened, which would have been five years ago at this point. Yeah. Uh, about like a Muslim swimmer who had to get like a special uh, swim cap as well. Uh, yes. to to work with the faith and uh there was uh some sort of problem with that originally and then eventually that controversy went away so maybe a similar thing will happen here uh well the problem is that the countries got together when that the when uh the swimmer was not allowed to compete um and basically said well we're not going to come to the olympics if you won't give us religious exemptions for certain wear then we're just not going to send anybody and so the Olympic Committee, uh, another thing we learned this week, by the way, if the IOC doesn't hold an Olympiad, they can't afford to do the next Olympiad. They are living check to check, just like yeah. most Americans, which is great. Um, so when they said that they were going to boycott, uh, the, the IOC was basically like, bah, 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 bah. Oh, we can look into this. Uh, the difference here is that um, the company is an American company, and there is exactly zero chance that the American government or the American bodies will back this American company. Yeah. Now, luckily... Uh, some other countries that have uh, black populations are backing the, the uh, are backing the company versus the IOC or the FINA, which is the international swimming body, and saying like, "Well, listen, uh, we're not going to compete if you don't let us um, use this kind of gear because now that this exists, we should be allowed to use it." And of course, like Sweden is like, "Good, fuck them." Leave them at home um, because they haven't won a swimming title in like, you know, since black people were allowed to compete. So uh, but other countries are very worried about the the how it looks to have based on race or religion countries boycott. It's one thing if the U.S. boycotts because of the Soviets and the Soviets boycott because of uh, the U.S. Because, I mean, nobody wants a nuclear war. But if we're doing it because of race and ethnicity, then it becomes a, a bit of a problem. So, yeah, I mean, uh... The, the the whole Olympics thing just feels more and more <laughs> unnecessary just as we go along, just because uh, so much of it is based off of uh, sort of the event of the Olympics as opposed to the spirit of the Olympics, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> going back to uh, uh, Shikari Richardson real quick, I... I uh, I I am 100% in the favor of she should be able to run. Uh, we shouldn't really count this negative weed test against her uh, in any way, shape, positive, or form. Positive weed test. Uh, positive, I'm sorry. Um, negative I meant ne- negative in the sense of 
this negative Bad. strike against her. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, I I do. <laughs> <laughs> as bad as I feel saying this, I do feel like uh, there are rules and you, sh- you know, like even if they're stupid, you should know, know that they exist and know that it could potentially hurt you in some sort of way. I mean, like I, I, I uh, there have been many times where somebody gave me a stupid rule and I said, well, that doesn't matter. But then you realize that, you know, like you, you, <laughs> what are, what is your, what is your options? You know, like, so I, I think that there's a lot of people who would probably smoke weed on the regular if it wasn't tested for. And yeah. they don't do it because they know that they're going to get tested. You know, like Michael Phelps was smoking weed all the time <laughs> and then managed to keep a lid on it during the time where they would test him. So, you know, like I, I, I get that. Uh, I get that it sucks and that it's stupid and it shouldn't be a part of the rule and it should 100 percent be taken out, <laughs> out of the rule book. Like as far as a banned substance goes, uh, but at the same time, like everyone's got to everyone's got to fucking dry up for a couple weeks before their drug test. So, uh, you know, it's it's but. just like if you it, you know, as somebody, as somebody said, like, hey, Corey, you're about to get a job with the government. You know, they're gonna expect you to take a drug test when you get there. I'd be like, okay, so I I better stop doing any drugs. <laughs> like I should just there should be a time period where I I don't do it prior to taking that drug test because i will fail otherwise and then you say to yourself like oh uh (laughs) you know like the you know like it it, you know i think cops probably have this problem too i've known a lot of people who like went through the academy and said like i just had to pass this one drug test and then i'm good because i'll never be tested again yeah so like it dry up for Mm -hmm. a month or two and then all of a sudden like you're allowed to smoke a joint after (laughs) after you've become a police officer again and don't forget, they can drink as much as they want, go home, beat their wives. It doesn't matter. That's okay when you're a cop. You just can't have that positive drug test at the yeah, end of the academy. At the end of the academy, you just you just got to pass it once, and then not and then not show up on anybody's radar. That's basically how it now, works. I think though, I mean, the, like, the ironic thing here, though, is that there is a female weightlifter who got an accommodation on testosterone testing because she is transgender and undergoing estrogen treatments, and there's a likelihood that her natural estrogen treatment will show as a positive test for both uh, est- uh not estrogen the other one um the p1 that is in um birth control damn um can't remember uh anyway testosterone and progesterone that she's gonna have high levels of progesterone and testosterone because she was born male and is now female but she was given a waiver in order to compete yeah so then one way the Olympics are being very progressive and saying like, okay, so we're going to allow transgender athletes to compete in the, um, in the gender in which they uh, identify so long as they've taken substantial steps in order to modify their gender to match what the one that they identify with. But then on the other hand saying no weed though, no weed though. Yeah. I mean, Uh, and it just seems bad. It's an incredibly stupid thing, obviously, but like, uh, you know, Rules are rule. Uh, like, you, uh, put it in another context. Like, uh, I think there was a, uh, there was some story about somebody failing a, a drug test because they poppy seed bagels or whatever, right? Yes. Like there was yeah, that you old. You can fail a drug test. Yeah. Uh, there was that old chestnut. I don't know if it actually happened or not, but I mean, it like, does. 
But if, if hypothetically you, if you regularly eat poppy seeds, it's not just one bagel. But if you had one like every morning, yeah. you'll test positive on a, a drug test. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, if Trey Mancini every single morning was having a poppy seed bagel for breakfast and then failed a drug test, like everyone's reaction would be, well, that's really fucking stupid that they can't tell the difference between poppy seed bagels and opium. But uh, you should also know what you're ingesting in your body and the potential of what might show up on a drug test if you're an athlete in that position. So, like, it's one of those, like, even if you change the, the it, it, it sounds so stupid because it's weed, uh, mm-hmm. especially in today's context where, like, weed is not demonized as much as it used to be. But at the same time, this sort of thing happens, you know, like, uh, people have failed drug tests. Athletes have failed drug tests for like things that they've eaten or vitamins that they've taken or like and, you know, they inadvertently take something that they're not supposed to. And the reaction of everyone is always, well, you should know. So, yep. <laughs> like, you know, that's not uh, at this point. I can't really like I feel bad for being like you knew the rules when you signed up kind of person, especially on something stupid like this. But, you know, at at the end of the day, you, you knew the rules before you signed up. So can, uh, can I make it a little more foolish for you? Yeah. Uh, Trey Mancini eats a poppy seed bagel and tests positive. Doesn't matter because opium is an approved substance by the MLB because morphine, which also trigger the same part of the test, mm-hmm. is an approved substance for use by medical staffs in the. Uh, well, and yeah, I mean, like, there's there's other like you remember when Trey or when uh, Chris Davis got suspended for for uh, Ritalin or something like that. Yeah, like and he literally he, just it, that year he, he didn't had get the exemption, but every he year had he a had. waiver. To be able to take it for ADHD. Uh, and he had that waiver in place for every single year except for one year where he didn't get it approved for some whatever reason. And then he failed a drug test. Oh, okay. Then he failed a drug test and then he got suspended. But at the same time, that's stupid. You know, it's stupid because if you have ADHD, Ritalin, by the way, for people who don't know, because I have ADHD, uh, Ritalin for me has a very different effect than if Rob took Ritalin. Rob yeah. gets the like crockhead kind of like reaction to it. Whereas if I take it, it feels like I just got hit in the back of the head with a two by four or something <laughs> like it slows me down enough so that or, I can think about things and natural like your dad processes. Is standing over your shoulder saying, don't make a mistake. More or less. Everything is very direct. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, I feel being on Ritalin when you have ADHD is more like being on drugs than anything I've ever done. But uh, yep. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a, uh, again it's the rules it sucks the rules suck and the rules should change and i feel like we should give an exemption for uh her in this situation you know if she can manage to get to the olympics without (laughs) without testing negative again or testing positive again uh then i think we should just be okay with it like this was your stern warning like don't do it again kind of thing but like uh she she took a drug that makes you sluggish and uh you know it's a technically a um uh, makes you hallucinate. It's a hallucinogen, and she set the record for that that distance in, in time. Like, okay, uh, yeah. I, let's just say we're gonna test her daily until then, and uh, <laughs> as long as she comes up negative every time, it'll be fine. Yeah. You, you guys should hope that she smokes before every every event <laughs> of the Olympics, because if that's her slowed down on weed, do you want to see her at full speed? Come on. Do you, do you want to see what she's like when she's two months outside the pot? Goddamn <laughs> Superman out there. Uh, uh. Uh, one last super quick thing before we go. Yeah. Uh, the All-Star Game, MLB All-Star Game, is coming up next weekend. Um, we are uh, 
we have a bunch of interesting things going on. First of all, Cedric Mullins, the Orioles representative to the All-Star game. Uh, there was some wonder whether or not we'd have two All-Stars, which seems weird for a team so bad. But yeah. uh, we only had one. Uh, well, we have standout players on a very bad team. Yeah. We, I mean, like legitimately, you know, the Orioles could have had three All-Stars probably with Cedric Mullins and Trey Mancini and John Means. Uh, Means being hurt kind of hurt him from being able to be included in that. And then Trey was just sort of like a, a on the outside looking in. There, He's, yeah. you know, being that first base DH corner outfield type. Uh, there's a lot of competition there. So you really have to break through. And Albert, uh, not Albert Bell, uh, Pujols is back in the league. So, I mean, he's competing against some heavy hitters. <laughs> well, in the, he's in the <laughs> National League now. He's in the National League now, so you don't have to worry yeah. about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, some some interesting things. Uh, first of all, uh, Shohei Otani, uh, we've talked about before here, first player in Major League history who is being elected to the All-Star game, not only as a hitter, but a pitcher. Uh, so he has both going for him. Uh you know, and obviously nobody was really doing pitching and hitting the same way Shohei Otani was doing since yeah. Babe Ruth. So it's not a surprising uh, thing, but uh, a very interesting factoid. And then uh, amongst two of the Yankees who have uh, got elected to the All-Star game, uh, Araldis Chapman and Garrett Cole, two players that the Yankees have spent uh, exorbitant sums on. Uh, Garrett Cole specifically is in the first year of his or second year of his $300 million contract with the Yankees. Uh, and uh, I have some interesting numbers here uh, mm-hmm. uh, of Garrett Cole's first 52 innings pitched and his most recent 52 innings pitched, okay. uh, which line up pretty nicely with the crackdown on uh, sticky substances that have has happened in Major oh. League Baseball here. Oh, okay. Yeah. So to start the year, Garrett Cole, five and one record. 1.37 ERA, 0. 0.68 uh, walks and hits per innings pitched, and a 13.3 K per nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of and that's those a strikeouts per nine innings. Strikeouts per nine. Those all those numbers are very worthy of an All Star caliber player. Right. Uh, you know that if I told you, you know he had that kind of uh, had that kind of performance all year, you might even say he's a Cy Young winner. Like that's right? a, that's very impressive numbers. Uh, in the 52 innings that have followed since the crackdown, three and three record, a 4.47 ERA, which is almost three times as much, and a 1.24 WHIP, which is twice as much, and a 9.8 K per nine, which is down significantly as well. Yeah, uh, strange. <laughs> it's almost like uh, it's almost like Garrett Cole went from being one of the best pitchers in the league to being Garrett Cole when he was on the Pittsburgh Pirates again. All of a sudden. And, uh, and, and you said that there's only one real thing that's changed over those two sets of 52 games. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I mean, the same thing could be said about Chapman. Chapman uh, went from being one of the most dominant closers in all of baseball, having another career year to uh, in the last uh, the last couple of weeks uh, being surprisingly mortal. Uh, <laughs> gave up a home run on a pitch that he threw for 83 miles per hour, which I didn't even know he could throw so low. <laughs> that was a that was a I think that was the slowest pitch I've seen of Chapman's entire career so far. And uh yeah, it was parked in the seats and quite quite a distance there. Um if you're the hitter though, how much do you think that like you almost foul that off? Cuz when it's coming at you 10 miles an hour slower and you're just like the fuck like trying to slow this thing down <laughs> yeah. as you come through. <laughs> like, yeah, I I uh <laughs> 
Well, that's that's always the uh, like the the thing about the changeup. Like the reason why y- you fool people on the changeup is because it's ten miles slower than the the fastball, and you can't you can't. Cu- it looks like a fastball coming out exactly the hands. Exactly the same then, coming at you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's just all of a sudden slower across the plate. And you look like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> only this time, uh, it's clearly a fastball the whole time, and it's just getting <laughs> parked in seats. So, um, I. I wonder, you know what? Uh, maybe, maybe we should do some. Uh, we should allow the sticky stuff just for the All Star Game, like just Bad. carte blanche. <laughs> just like let them do whatever they want. Just to see. I mean, you know, I, I get it. Uh, I, I'm not in support of cheating or using of foreign mm-hmm. substances or anything like this. But uh, at the same time, uh, you're going up against a literal All Star team. If anyone's going to hit against a pitcher with the sticky stuff. You know, you would think it would be the yeah, nine best players from the other league. The all batting game in order. is for the hitters. It's not for the pitchers. <laughs> so they actually like it more that the pitchers are human when they come up there. By the way, we do have a we do have Boom Boom in the uh, home run derby. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, he is playing. And uh, I, I would like to I would like to say that uh, the Coors Field home run derby is going to be really something to see. So. Uh, if uh, if you guys are interested, I would I would tune into the All Star Game weekend coming up next week and uh, enjoy that because uh, for sure it's going to be better than the All Star Game that didn't happen in Atlanta. <laughs> having having a home run derby in Colorado is going to be a lot of fun. I have a suggestion. <clears throat> yeah, along the lines of your suggestion. I uh, right now they do a All Star Weekend, which really starts Tuesday and then ends the next Thursday. If I remember correctly. So it's like a little more than a week. So now it's like a whole week. They do the whole week okay. off and then they have like the future game and like the celebrity softball game and all that sort of stuff that happens throughout the course of the week. Yeah. Know, like programming so during I'd the say, week. I say that we make it a three week affair. We push the start of the season back two weeks, make the end of the season out one week. If you need to extend in either direction and then have everybody go off the same day. Right. And then allow the guys to start a cycle of steroids. And then by we have the all-star game on the very last day. And you tell the pitchers, you could go out there with sandpaper and sand the ball down <laughs> visibly if you want. But the guy you're throwing at is at his peak performance on a round of steroids. So good luck. <laughs> and then I think this will be a good way for us to pivot into the superhuman league where we do no drug tests and just let people compete at their highest caliber, uh, which I think will be an offshoot of Major League Baseball, where it's going to be like Super Major League Baseball uh, if we follow the Nintendo rules, like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, yeah. MLB, SM- SMLB, uh, and have some guys that like uh, Mark McGuire, probably, he could do a couple rounds of steroids and get back out on the field, and he's like, I'm playing first base in DH. I don't have to move that far, but just throw that ball at me. We're going to knock the shit out of it. So, See, I worry... You know, like- I worry that that might not be enough time though, because it, it was a it was it took an entire off season for Barry Bonds' head size to go up like four hat sizes. So, so like, you're talking about a a symptom and an effect, but on your third week of a cycle of steroids is where you are at peak performance because then you take the next week is your off week because you have to give your body a rest because you've been stressing it out so much, yeah. and then you cycle again for your you start a new four week cycle. So what we'd have to do is to waive the test for the two weeks after the all-star break and for the three weeks leading up to it and just let them go bananas. Try whatever crazy shit you want. Last game of the whole three week period is the all-star game. 
then uh, you know we restart and then waive the test for a couple weeks and then two weeks later start the test again and it, it'll be out of your system. It'll be a rough two weeks in the clubhouse because people are going to be real moody. But uh... <laughs> by the way, just just as an aside, there uh, famously Barry Bonds in that off season where all of a sudden he seemed to get bigger and stronger uh, <laughs> went from a ten and a half size shoe to a size thirteen in a couple months. Uh, a side effect I did not know about until I heard about it, <laughs> but. Uh, now wait. Can you, I know what you're thinking, can Corey. You imagine, and I just want to tell you. Well, yeah. I mean, it shrivels up the rest of it. So don't, yeah, he, it's he not went from it. a he went from a double XL cup to an M cup. So I'm just saying, it's not, it's not a growth everywhere. So. I don't think they sell M cups. I think it's like the astronauts, where they're all super extra large. <laughs> um, Having played baseball as an adult man or a teenage man, I can tell you they do, and it's an awkward conversation. <laughs> <laughs> walking up to the shed at the LTRC going like small please <laughs> <laughs> no no the problem is they run out of extra larges until day three when people are starting to return them like uh, actually <laughs> just need to go down <laughs> I, I feel like uh, some people the, the astronaut thing might have gone over their head uh, yeah so famous story uh, uh, when when the astronauts first went into space uh for lack of a better term, they had to wear condoms because there's no something happens and you need to have that area covered. I never really understood it. Gravity uh, causes uh, your pee to go in the toilet. Otherwise, it like any liquid will just float in every direction. So okay, so that's for pee purposes. Yeah, you need like a, a, a su- like a suction, but also something that covers the entire penis so that as it starts to escape, it goes in one direction generally. Right. So uh, uh, NASA had to ask all the astronauts what size uh, pee condom they needed. And every single one of them said, oh, you know, biggest one you got, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and uh, they kept falling off. And they realized that <laughs> they really needed smaller ones. But uh, the pride of these men was too big that they wouldn't be able to uh, find themselves to be able to tell them that they needed a small condom. So they just changed the naming system of the condoms. So like the smallest one was super extra large or something and like went to colossal or whatever at the at the high end of the scale. It's like a yeah. Starbucks cup thing that I don't quite but, understand. But one little detail you skipped over is while they were telling them about the sizes, they said if any liquid escapes in the capsule, there's a chance it will fry the electronics and you won't be able to return to Earth. And the guys still said no, I need the biggest one you got. Even though you knew. You are risking not coming back to Earth, but you're not going to tell this guy. Jesus. Which, by the way, um, the helmet uh, was invented 20 years after the cup in the NHL or made uh, a made requirement made, like yeah, 20 years later. Yeah, made a requirement, yeah. Just keeping in mind what how guys think and what they hold uh, as important. Astronauts would rather die in space than tell a doctor that they need a small condom. And uh, <laughs> hockey players would rather protect their balls than their brain. Because, you know. And not only that, but if you got grandfathered in, you could play without your helmet for as long as you wanted to. I don't think there was a single motherfucker who was grandfathering in no cup. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there was even a petition. Like, listen, I've been like, skating my whole life without a like cup. Like, go- fucking know- Gordy Howe is just like, listen, I, it slows me down. I I got clipped in the nuts. It's fine. I don't care. I got shit drinking <laughs> pain down here, and uh, you know it'll make them big enough. I don't know what to tell you. 
Anytime we get a good oh, Gordy Howe reference, I feel happy. Uh, by the nobody way, nobody knows who that is. Uh, by the way, <laughs> somebody knows who that is. Uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to get your sticky substances, you know where you go. Where's that? Oh, the anthem dot com. Cordo the anthem dot com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line four four three two one nine seven five nine five. What's that number again? Four four three two one nine seven five nine five. Oh, I just want to say before you continue. I'm not sure I like the association between sticky stuff and the website for odiantha.com. It's not that kind of website, Corey. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, we're trying to branch out into new business ventures here. The spider tax illegal. I'm trying to put together my own little system here. Some oh, the anthem for, for the baseball yeah. players out there. Uh, click on the... Uh, oh, oh, see, I went a different direction. I was going on the click on the beaded curtain on the background and it'll take you into the special <laughs> space in the back of the website. Well, we don't provide the sticky stuff in that, in that case. <laughs> uh, <laughs> transition. You can find more of me on my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm and at LegendCB5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, you know what I'm about to say. Uh, there will be new stuff coming soon. Uh, oh, is now, there? Is there new stuff coming? Uh, listen, uh, I'm inside of the new uh, studios here. Uh, inside of the building here, there is actually space for which I can go and, and make content. So uh, I intend to do that, and uh, I intend to put it up soon and share it all with you. So enjoy. You can find more <laughs> of me at Robert and Chico on Network. There's a little Rob. Uh, oh, I guess I didn't. Uh, yeah, the box. <laughs> it didn't reset. Kept... <laughs> Wait, let me make sure I'm centered here. This is like disembodied um, head. Uh, I do have new content up. Uh, the 90-minute video, the mo major motion picture that I put up two weeks ago, still available. Uh, I have a video up a lot from last week, which is a review, or like an opening, box opening, unboxing. And I have another one that's uh, going to be up later tonight. So uh, look for that. You can find all of that on my YouTube channel. And uh, links to that is at robertandcheek.com. Well, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. I don't know if it's good, especially moving the studios to a gentrified neighborhood where, you know, kicking out people of color, taking them over by fancy white people with their fancy apartments. But nobody, know. nobody was kicked out. It was just, this is just an empty lot that turned into an apartment building. So don't, don't think. Yeah, all jokes aside, it's mm -hmm. called Mission Junction because the Pacific Railroad called it the Junction at Mission uh it was a rail yard that it yeah. was just basically open lot so yeah uh, only i'm basically out. i'm basically living in camden yards all right yeah <laughs> that's the way i that's the way i choose to look at it oh yeah mm -hmm. and much like camden yards being built they kicked out all the homeless people but they're not <laughs> real so they don't matter it's fine <laughs> the homeless people weren't living there not in baltimore <laughs> at the very least <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh we've done something i don't know if it's good but as always, you're listening to the OD Anthem podcast, part of the OD Anthem digital network for Corey and Roberto, by the way, shout out Roberto, who, uh, again, in the, in the studios with you, chose not to produce. So <laughs> if anybody's looking for producer duties, we got an open spot. This is Rob. Have a good week, everybody. And uh, everyone pass your drug test, please. We don't, we don't need no trouble. I've been straight edge for like the last... You ain't been straight shit. All right. Uh, do you still have?